Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Welcome to another GeoMob podcast. This evening, it's my enormous pleasure to welcome Vero Andreo and Maria Arias de la Reina Dominguez. Did I get that right? More or less, yes. <laughs> More or less, okay. For an English man, I got it about right. Maria is the chair of Phosphagy in Buenos Aires, even though she's in Sevilla. And Vero is the program chair, so she's been in charge of putting the program together. And quietly, I've been trying to do a little bit to help them as well, but we're not talking about that. What we're here to talk about is the amazing program that they've put together and how they've adapted to coronavirus and running a global conference in Buenos Aires with largely a local organizing committee whilst they haven't been able to get together and we can't have a physical event. So there's a lot to talk about. And I think the first thing I should do is welcome you both. And before we do anything else, I think we need just Maria to say a little word about your late co-chair, Melena Liebman. Hi, Stephen. Uh, thank you very much for inviting us today. In the beginning, the idea of this phosphorgy was that it was going to be part of Malena's soul. It was her idea. It was her pushing forward and trying to get all this amazing phosphorgy and osgeo community closer to not only Buenos Aires and Argentina, but the whole uh, Latin America. But sadly, she passed away from COVID in April and we were co-chairing since the beginning, but she was the one leading the conference. And now somehow I ended up leading this because we want to keep her dream on and we want to continue with this conference to honor her. And we're going to do that. So let's move on from that sad note. I think, Maria, tell us about the challenges that you've had switching to an online conference, because all of our plans up until, I can't remember, but certainly March. the end, March of this year, was it, Vera? Up until March of this yeah. year, we still thought we might all be able to come to Buenos Aires. I was planning the holiday of a lifetime coming to Buenos <laughs> Aires. Um, <laughs> the yeah, was, me too. I, I was planning a very, very long day in Buenos Aires and visiting different parts of South America. But yeah, the, the thing is, a phosphorgy is not organized just during the last year, but this is something that has been planned for at least three years, I would say even more. So we had everything in place. We had all the budget. We had all the ideas on what we wanted to do. And then just a couple of weeks after we signed the, the venue contract, that was early March, we, well, the pandemic just exploded and started. And at the beginning, we weren't sure if we will be able to do the conference online or not. So we kind of had to uh, duplicate the work and part of the team was working thinking that this was going to be still face to face and another part of the team was going to going to focus on the online part and of course this this comes with many issues like we wanted to delay as much as possible this decision if we wanted to celebrate this online or not because 
if we decided to make it online too soon and the vaccination had been faster, then we would have to compete with face-to-face -face events in uh, the last week of September, which is going to be the conference. And at the same time, we didn't want to delay much the decision because we needed to prepare and start doing things. So we kind of take these two plans ahead, both of them at the same time, the face-to-face -face and the online one. And uh, on February this year, we just made the decision that we were not be able to make it face-to-face. Uh, -face. So we just adjusted everything, dropped the face-to-face -face plan, canceled the venue contract, canceled all the, all the plans for face-to-face -face and focused on the online version. Okay, so that was good planning. That idea of working on both strands at the same time was obviously paid dividends in the end. So how's it going to work? Tell me a bit about the technology. Is this going to be another Zoom conference? No, we wanted to be as uh, free and open source as possible, which was a challenge when we started planning this because there were no good platforms to deliver a good free and open source conference using free and open source software. But we have seen a lot of advancements on this, on this kind of software in the last year. And now we are going to use Venualess, which is a platform that is going to host all the streamings and all the talks and all the interaction via chat and via text messages. And then we are going to use also Work Adventure, which is uh, like a video game. So we will have a map in which the attendees can enter and select their character and they can walk around the virtual venue and meet other people, talk to them. And uh, that's where we are going to host all the social events, the, the gala dinner, the icebreaker and other. We, we will have many social events. And they are going to be hosted there. And then for the most serious part, we will have Benueles. And right. still, this is, this is not easy because we also have had to decide about time zones and we had to decide about what kind of things we could do or we couldn't do online. We are going to lose a lot of the social face-to-face -face feeling, but that's how it is. <laughs> okay. So do you want and to there's tell also the, the extra burden of contacting a lot, a lot of people to be session leaders and backup session leaders and yeah. asking them to contact all the speakers to explain all the technology stuff and how it works. And so we are really, really thankful to all the Osgeo and Phosphor-G community for stepping in and, and helping out. <laughs> yeah, because some other conferences just pre-record the videos. and But we didn't want to do that because that's just a, like a YouTube playlist that you play <laughs> anytime. No, we wanted to have this dynamic version, real-time, speakers speaking and interacting. I absolutely agree. And I was talking to somebody about this and saying that if you tell the presenters to record their presentations what happens is people record it then they don't like it so they record it again and again and again until they think they've got it really perfect and what they've really got is something that is soulless and wooden and they get the words right they never make a mistake but actually 
the beauty of a live presentation is that people are human. They make mistakes. You know, they skip a slide and go backwards and things go wrong. And that's all part of what makes a conference fun and enjoyable. So I'm pleased that we're not recording all of the presentation. (laughs) That we're not not showing recorded presentations. You are going to record it, though, aren't you? Yes. And uh, we are going to, at least we are going to publish some of them. There are some, uh, the workshops are still on doubt because... We are not sure if recording a workshop will make it a safe place to ask the speaker any questions you have. If you ask something that is, that may sound dumb, maybe you don't want that to be recorded. So maybe you don't ask that if you know it's going to be recorded. So there's a lot of new issues we have with being online. Right. Okay. But we're going to, I mean, for the people who can't make it to the conference, certainly part of the content will be recorded and made available afterwards. Of course, as in other years. Yes. And Vero, take me into the program. You know, we've got a global conference It's still happening happening in Buenos Aires, even though the speakers and the audience are going to be spread around the world. How are you dealing with with the time zones? You know, you've got people 24 hours apart almost. No, in the end, we made the the hard decision (laughs) of keeping the Argentinian time zone. Right. So we could be there like in case of any problems or so. And uh, yeah, in the end, it's Argentinian time zone. We will be there like from seven to six or whatever time the job years finish. So that means Um, that for the people in Europe, we're four four hours in front of you, four or five hours in front of you. Yes. So for people in Europe, it will be like conference will start around noon right that's fine that's <laughs> something great. like that and yeah i mean we we are really sorry about people in asia or uh, australia and new zealand because the time difference is is really huge like 12 hours 11 hours that will be really hard so some of them might probably send a video for example <laughs> with their talk right yeah but don't forget that the, the social place, the social gathering will be open 24-7. So we expect to have geo beers at three in the morning in Argentinian time because that's when people from Australia may want to meet. So at least the social part will be 24-7. They can enter a work adventure and yeah. just have a beer and talk yeah. there. <laughs> and for the sake of our, um, our listeners who've probably never seen work adventure it's a bit like going back to a 1980s or early 1990s sort of role-playing adventure game searching around a a map for finding clues and finding people it's going to be a it's going to be a great retro experience um certainly for somebody of my age i can actually remember playing (laughs) those games when i was a much younger man (laughs) <laughs> like Mario Bros, but updated a little bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's really going to be it's going to be something really cool. So, so talk about the content, Vero. Well, we have like a lot of talks, and the content is really diverse. There are like a huge list of topics covered, 
We have all the classical state-of-the-art kind of talks for all the OSGEO projects and other Phosphor-G software. There are many, I was checking this morning, it was like 100 or something application or use cases, related talks, a lot of earth observation. Our partner, GEO, brought in a lot of earth observation related talks. Of course, all the web mapping talks, around 25 or something QGIS related talks. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a full day or like a couple of days full of QGIS related talks. Um, I cannot help mentioning grass, of course, <laughs> grass talks. Yeah. Cloud computing, there's also a lot of cloud computing stuff. Indigenous mapping, that was one of our main interests. Humanitarian assistance, data science, data visualization, data collecting. There's and we also really have, diverse. We also have the environmental sustainability that is by the hand of Microsoft A4Earth, which is our diamond sponsor. He bought they bought a lot of environmental sustainability and climate change things and how to combat climate change and how to be more sustainable using free and open source software, which is something we should talk more about. Absolutely. Yeah. And you also got the European Commission. Yes, they yes, are. Well. Yes, they are. When you talk about free and open source software, it's hard to not try to see how governments should use more free and open source software in their software stacks. So the European Commission in the past few years have made a lot of effort trying to migrate to free and open source software. And they contributing or partnering with us is one way of trying to show use cases and show how they have done it and how other governments outside Europe should follow this path because it's a win-win situation, of course. Yeah, most of the talks in that track are... H 2020 projects or, or European funded projects. Yeah. And I mean, just, just looking at that, that list of partners and sponsors, and we should just say there are a heck of a lot of other companies that you haven't mentioned that are sponsoring Phosphage as well, and we're grateful to all of them. But I'm just thinking about reflecting, you know, and I've been around this block a few times. You know, I chaired a Phosphage eight years ago now, it seems an eternity. And this year, we've got the Group on Earth Observations, which is a United Nations agency that brings together nearly 200 countries and their Earth observation activities. We've got Microsoft, who are one of the largest IT companies in the world. And we've got the European Commission. This is an indication of how far our community has come, that we are attracting the partnership and support of these enormous organizations, all of whom are embracing open source software. And I think it's a sign of where we've come. It's a great achievement that you guys have made to get us to this point. And uh, it's fantastic. So we've got 300 and over 350 talks. We've got you've got live coding events. You've got academic speakers. You've got special sessions. Tell we have a couple of special... panels. 
Go on, also, tell me about the special sessions and panels, Maria. We are going to have women in geospatial panel talking about leadership and the challenges of uh, being in a software community. We also have the R special panel, which are going to talk about R special, of course. We also have uh, special sessions like the live coding you were mentioning that mm. I think it's going to be extremely fun. And it's one of the sessions I'm hoping to be able, I, I already have a uh, popcorn ready to be able to watch this because it's going <laughs> to be on the hands of Ivan. So that's why. <laughs> no, we have three different sessions of live coding one after the other, and it's going to be developers that contribute to open source projects and know their ways around open source projects that are going to part showcase how they do things and part listen to requests from the public and they can ask them how to do stuff and they do those stuff. It's not going to be like YouTube or Twitch trend that is a bit like a party. It's not going to be like a party, but I think it's going to be really, really fun. And... Yeah, and we, and Ivan's doing two of these sessions, isn't he? Yes, yes. Yeah. he's doing yeah. two of these sessions, and I guarantee this is going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Yeah, <laughs> and then we also have the Google Summer of Code special session, where all the students under the OSGEO umbrella will be presenting their results so far. <laughs> wow, and. And we've got workshops. We've got a lot of workshops. Yeah, we have like 55 workshops in wow. total in 15 parallel rooms. <laughs> wow. So a lot. And are they booked up or are, they, are there still places on the workshops? Uh, you have to we register. Yesterday. So they're not sold so out So they're yet. still playing. Not no, no. sold out. We already sold many tickets, but there are still lots on the workshops. And I really encourage you to take a look at the list of workshops. And if you see something you like, don't wait for later to buy it because usually the tickets for workshops fly very fast. And as this year is online, they are going to probably going to fly faster. Right. And they are, of course, cheaper than any year ever because it's going to be online. Right. And just to explain, workshops are limited in the number of people that can attend them because you're getting not one-to-one, but one-to-many training from experienced trainers and they can't cope with more than 20 or 30 people in a workshop. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so let's get to the fun bit because... Before we started recording, I asked Maria and Vero to pick their favourites. And this is really cruel because, you know, you've got 350 sessions. And if you pick two or three favourites, that means you're going to offend 347 people. But that's what we've got to do. So go for it. <laughs> uh, Vero, give me one of your favourites. Yeah, one of the things I'm looking, one of the talks I'm looking forward to to hearing is the one by Diana Mastracci from GEO, who will give a keynote on indigenous hackathons and how to use open EO data and tools for climate action with indigenous people. So I'm really looking forward to, to hear about her experiences. And she seems like a super innovative person mixing this highly technical stuff with the knowledge of indigenous people 
and how to empower them for leveraging their knowledge and their communities. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Me too. And um, probably should mention that there is actually going to be an Indigenous hackathon on the Saturday and Sunday after the conference, which is free for anybody to attend. So that's going to be great. That's part of the community code sprint also, yeah. where because the conference is going to be Monday and Tuesday workshops, Wednesday, uh, Thursday and Friday, the general tracks with talks. And then on the weekend, we'll have concentrated a lot of things from the code sprint. There will be introductionary talks. So if you have never participated in a code sprint or you want to contribute to an open source project and you don't know how, you will get people telling you how to do it. And then we will have this hackathon and uh, it's going to be full of interesting stuff. Great. So Maria, give me one of your favorites. Well, besides the live coding, uh, I'm... I'm expecting that Nisera's data colonialism keynote is going to be really interesting. And I think that I, especially I as European, I need someone to hit me in the face with what she's going to tell us. Because it's true that, again, we are not being a colonialist. We are not, we don't have colonies anymore, like in the past where we, where we just put our government there and uh, take the land and take all the things that our colonies had. No, that's not how we are doing it right now. But we are still colonizing in another way. We are still taking data or taking ownership of data that is not ours. We are still dragging some uh, communities back because we are just focusing on our profiting and our benefits. And that's something that we really should hear more. And I hope Nisera's opened a lot of ears and a lot of eyes to this topic because it, it's part of uh, all the all the topic of the conference about indigenous communities and all the countries that we are leaving behind. It's something that we really should listen to. I absolutely agree. I, I'm very relieved, actually, Maria, that <laughs> I'm having this conversation with a, a lady from Spain because <laughs> normally, as a, an Englishman, you know, when we talk about colonialism, all the embarrassment falls on my shoulders. But on this occasion, I can share the embarrassment <laughs> with you. And funnily, funnily, you have an Argentinian on this side. So <laughs> yes, we are being colonies of both of you guys. <laughs> yeah. So let me give you one of my favorites because and I'm going to be a little less serious than the two of you because there's a talk by Benoit Blanc called QGIS Football What Else? Well, I've got to tell you, whatever else I am doing at 10.30 Argentinian time on the 1st of October, I'm going to be listening to Benoit. I mean, what a title and what a subject, actually, because, I mean, what he's saying is that there's an enormous, there's a whole trend in football to gather masses of data about players' movements, their speed, the number of times they touch the ball, where they are on the pitch and all of this. And... 
a lot of that data is now open data, or is at least the APIs are available um, for people to use. And what better tool than our favorite QGIS to visualize the spatial movements? You know, you're visualizing space and time on a football pitch, which is just another spatial canvas. So, I mean, it's a fabulous topic, and I'm really excited about this one. And I'm sure... Also a kind of a sensitive topic, given the results of the <laughs> Yes, it is. Maybe, maybe I can learn something that I can share with Gareth Southgate afterwards. Um, certainly, that's a, a good point. And of course, Vero, uh, Argentina just had... Um, they won the Copa Copa de America, didn't the they? America Cup, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whilst <laughs> they were super happy. Yeah. So whilst England, the colonial power, lost the European Cup, the colony won the uh, America Cup. Yes. So congratulations to all the Argentinian Thank football you. fans. And yeah, I mean, who couldn't want Lionel Messi to win win an international trophy? Oh yeah. So he deserved that. So, Maria, have you got a second one that you want to talk about? My second one was going to be the live coding sessions. But there are many, many other talks, especially we, I think this year we have a lot of new speakers that have never participated in a FOS4G. And I think that's really interesting because some of them wouldn't have been there as a speaker if it wasn't an online conference. And I think it's good to hear what they have to say because... Probably we are not going to have the chance of hearing them again in next Phosphorgis. So just I think that's a great point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also also it's important to remark that we will have a couple of workshops in Spanish and a session in Spanish as well. Great. So Vero, have you got a second one for me? I know you have actually. Yeah, my second one is one entitled A Tool for Machine Learning Based the Symmetric Mapping Approaches in GrassGIS. <laughs> That's just a personal interest regarding research and applications that I do with remote sensing and machine learning. And of course, because it is GrassGIS and I didn't have this application on my radar. So I'm really looking forward to it. Okay. And... I'm going to continue with my slightly irreverent selection of talks. I had loads of other talks that were more (laughs) serious, but there's a talk by Marco Montanari called Serious Tech for Non-Serious Maps. And he's talking about something called Open Fantasy Map, which is a technology stack that enables you to make completely fictitious maps that can be used in games, in in books, in all sorts of things. But just the idea of rather than another open street map talk, an open fantasy map talk, I think that's going to be an interesting one. And we could go on and on listing all of our favorite talks. Some of the titles are just amazing. So let's just talk for a moment as we start to draw to a close. Maria, I think you mentioned a gala dinner. Yes. So originally it was going to be a tango session face-to-face with a teacher teaching us how to dance tango. But we will have to try to reproduce that in the in the map and this game-like universe where, well, we will not be able to 
dance tango with each other or not on the classic way, but I guess we will be able to interact and have fun and share a drink and meet old colleagues and meet new colleagues. And yes, so we're as gonna, close as we can. <laughs> so we're going to bring our own food and bring our own beers, but we're all going to dance together. Yes. And I suggest, I strongly, strongly suggest that if you have any Argentinian restaurant nearby, especially if uh, they deliver to your home, that you ask some Argentinian dish for that gala dinner night so you can enjoy a full Argentinian experience. If you don't have an Argentinian restaurant nearby, but there is other Latin American, maybe a Mexico restaurant or I don't know, a Peru restaurant, that's also valid. Okay. That's going to be fun. That's going to be great <laughs> fun. So I guess with the last question that people are going to be asking is, how do you get to attend Phosphor G this year? Well, it's going to be online, as we already said, and uh, you can find all the information in our webpage, which which is 2021.fosforg.org. And you have to register. And it's true that uh, it's not free. Uh, this is mostly because uh, I have participated in many events this past year. And if the event is free, people just register and then they don't show up. So we wanted to make sure that the people that register are committed to this. And we also want to make sure that we get some profit because all the profit from this event goes directly to free and open source software. It's going to be uh, OSGEO budget next year. So if you're not sure if you are going to be on the conference fully attending the whole 24-7, but you are going to enjoy the talks and you want to have contribute a bit to OSGEO and Phosphor-G, Buying a ticket in Phosphor-G is a very good way of contributing to it. Okay. And just to give people an indication for the Europeans, a ticket is? It's uh, $100. Then we have discounts for Latin American. We have discounts for Argentinians. And then if you have any problem paying or you don't think you can uh, get that much uh, money, just contact us and we will see if we can maybe do a batch discounts for groups or whatever. We already have discounts for groups, but it's better if we talk by email or whatever to see what are your needs. Okay. And we'll put the link to the Phosphor G website, the email address, the Telegram channel, the Twitter the Twitter handle is at Phosphor G, but we'll put all of that in the show notes so people can find it there. And just the final thing before we wrap up, remind everybody of the dates, please, Vero. The conference starts, it's in the last week of September. So it's September 27, Monday, until uh, Sunday, October the 2nd. Right. And Maria, just remind everybody of roughly what happens on each day once more. So Monday and Tuesday are workshops, then three days of talks. And we end with the weekend of cold spring and hackathons. But during the whole week, we will have social gathering 
Right. This is an amazing week, a week of celebrating open source geo. It's going to go on 24-7 round the clock. We're going to be dancing. We're going to be eating Argentinian food. We're going to be drinking beer from every country in the world, probably. And we're going to be coding live. I mean, I don't know what more people could want. If you haven't registered, get a move on because it's going to be a fantastic week. Maria, Vero, thank you so much for your time this evening. I know it's been a struggle for us three to get together with different time zones. Thanks very much. Have a great evening. Have a great day. And everybody who's listening, you better be at Phosphor G. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. You can follow Steven at Steven Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. You can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode and of course, seeing you at a future GeoMop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.